0: I am so thrilled that you are joining me here so I have the opportunity to t- explain to you what the spinthrift trust tax strategies are and of course uh, you may or may not know that the the spinthrift trust is actually just a re- short name of the actual trust which is non-grantor irrevocable complex discretionary spinthrift trust but let's face it who wants to say that mouthful when we uh, want to talk about the trust but before I can dive into all this amazing content i uh, i have to you know give you a disclaimer that I am not a licensed tax or legal advisor. I don't give tax, legal, or accounting advice. This material has been prepared for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide and should not be relied on for tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and accounting advisors before engaging in any financial transaction. Okay, now that we got the lawyer stuff out of the way, let's talk about what the two major tax benefits are from running your personal and your business life through a, a spendthrift through trust. First of all, passive income is not a taxable event for the trust. And it's a big one. Capital gains taxes aren't a taxable event either, which is pretty amazing. right? But I want to announce to you right now that these strategies are completely compliant with IRS code 643B. And I'm going to get into that right now because in order to get these these amazing tax benefits and reductions, the trust has to meet these compliance codes. I'm going to read to them right now. Title 26, Subtitle A, Chapter 1, Subchapter 1. Part 1, section 67, 543, 553, 927, subpart A, section 60, 641, section 643, subparts A, B, C, and D, and including section six, 651, section 672, 673, 674, 675, 676, 677, and last but not least, 678. Whew, that was a mouthful. It's so, okay, let's just dive right into it I know you're asking yourself, well, how in the world are capital gains taxes not a tax for the trust? Well, we're going to go back into the tax code here and you know, just begin to solidify the fact that, especially this part right here, 20, Title 26, Subtitle A, Chapter 1, Subchapter 1, Part 1, Subpart A, uh, IRS Code 643, definitions applicable to Subparts A, B, C, and D. Okay, now we get the really heart of the matter here. Clearly define and outline that gains from the sale or exchange of capital assets shall be excluded to the extent that such gains are allocated to the corpus of a trust and are not required by the governing instrument to be distributed to the beneficiaries. Again, any gains from the sale or exchange of capital assets shall be excluded. To the extent that such gains are allocated to the corpus of the trust and are not required by the governing instrument to be distributed to the beneficiaries, so uh, you're probably saying to yourself, "Well, come on, Don. What's the corpus of the trust? I don't understand what that means. It's not English." Well, uh, part of it's English, but "corpus" is actually Latin for body, and so what this means is that you're allocated to the corpus of the trust is it becomes a trust property. OK, makes sure you understand what that means. OK, so what's the governing body? Very simple. It's the trust. It's the trust itself. Because remember, the trust is a contract. And so inside that trust book that you get when you invest in a trust, it's all one big contract. And the governing body basically is the trust. So if the trust, you know, this is what the uh, trust says you can do. You can't do. And you have to abide by that. And so you might think to yourself, well, then why can't we distribute money to the, to the beneficiaries? Well, you know, I'm a very simple person. If I want to get amazing legal tax advantages from the IRS, but the IRS says that you can get them, but you have to do what we say, eh, I'm probably going to do what the IRS says, right? When the IRS says jump you jump, right? My gosh, I'd be looking to see if I can increase my vertical jump just to get those tax advantages, right? So uh, let's talk about who benefits from the no capital gains tax events with this trust. Well, real estate investors, they're huge, right? I mean, when they, when they sell investment properties, they get hit with capital gains. The only legal remedy that they have right now is a, to, to do a 1031 exchange. I can tell you from experience that 1031 exchanges are not easy. Uh, you have to get a property under contract very quickly, within 45 days. It has to be a similar property. If it's not similar, if there's any discrepancy, you have to pay taxes on a difference. And a lot of times it doesn't even work. And you have to pay taxes regardless. And business owners, oh boy, do they pay a lot of money on capital gains taxes. Because remember, it's not like you're out there selling a lemonade stand. Uh, you're just selling, you can sell a business for hundreds of thousands of dollars, even millions of dollars you're on the hook for 20% from the sale of that property of your business. So that's really, really huge to be able to do this uh, and not pay those taxes. And of course, anything of value that you're selling, crypto, stocks, Forex, coin collections, whatever. If you sell it for a profit, that's, tri- that's a, a capital gains uh, tax event that's being triggered. So let us I'm gonna give you a quick uh, overview of how this works. So we're gonna start with one property. Let's say it's sold for a million dollars. Okay, it's go it free and clear. So you're you're going to pay twenty percent in capital gains uh, if you're an investor who decided or didn't know about the trust, or you know didn't just said you know what I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it old school. You know you would owe two hundred thousand dollars, twenty percent from a million dollars, or do a capital, do a ten thirty one exchange. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But you're going to put a lot of sweat equity into that trying to trying to make that ten thirty one uh, work. Whereas If it's me, I own a trust and I was smart. I had previously irrevocably sold that asset, that building, that property into the trust. uh, And now it's it's a trust asset. I sell it as a trust asset, which means the title company sends the proceeds of the sale into my trust bank account or the trust bank account. And now that money can be used for other investments. But all it matters is that zero taxes are paid. They're all coming back into the trust, which is pretty awesome. Now, what can you do with that two hundred thousand dollars in tax savings from this example? Well, you can uh, use it to pay trust expenses because remember the trust pays for a whole heck of a lot of expenses, much more so than a, you can get a buy with in a, in a company as far as write-offs. Uh, you know, you can purchase more investment properties. Uh, you can in, even invest in a whole life banking policy, a whole life insurance policy, where you can, uh, you know, take that two hundred thousand and Put that into a a whole life uh, or a whole life policies. You don't have to be just one. And you can get that uh, cash value up as high as you can. As soon as you can, you can borrow against that tax-free money. You can use for other investments. Or what I suggest is do both. You don't have to be locked into one of these things but you got $200,000 extra money. It's like it's like walking down the street, seeing a, a suitcase, opening a suitcase up, and there's an extra $200,000 in there that you wouldn't have had otherwise. That's really how powerful this is. Okay, so now we talk about capital gains. Let's talk about passive income and how this works with passive income. So, um, you know, why, how? How is passive income not a, cap, tap, a taxable event for the trust? Well, uh, let's... Go back to the code, right? Uh, we've already read this before. I'll just uh, talk about uh, the text of this one right now, where it says it further outlines that extraordinary dividends are excluded as items of gross income constituting extraordinary dividends. Whereas the trustee, according to the terms and conditions of the trust, in compliance with all applicable local laws, and the trustee acting in good faith determines that such gains are allocable, allocable to the corpus of the trust under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable to the law, applicable to the law shall not be considered income, okay? RS Code 643, subparts A, B, C, and D, Cat, extraordinary dividend, excluded as an item of gross income in accordance with these conditions the IRS puts on there. Pretty darn powerful. So how does this work in real life? It's so simple. It's so simple. Listen, passive income for the trust, generally speaking, is a rent. So if you have uh, you know, assets that generate rents, leases, you know, lease payments, any kind of passive income that comes in, that's that's good. I mean, kind of income companies in like that, it's it's a passive income for the trust. Uh, K one distribution. So if the trust is has an equity stake in an LLC or another trust, something like that, then at the end of the tax year, it's going to get paid, uh, whatever its percentage is and that is in the form of a K-1 distribution. So rents, leases, payments, K-1 distributions, those are examples of passive income that the trust can receive. So, you know, and remember, if you don't have your investment property in a trust, like, you know, as an investor, you're gonna get hit with capital, short-term capital gains on those rents, which is around 15 to 20%. That's a, no, 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 it's a pretty big chunk that you don't, it's completely avoidable if you have a trust. But see, because with the trust, you know, it's a trust asset, and those rents come in, and that K one comes in, then that's passive income for the trust, and I'll show you that's not going to be a taxable event. So um, another thing, what the trust can do, in addition to be to being uh, allowed to be a you know a, a member of, or have a limited partnership or membership in an LLC, it can also uh, you know the LLC can lease assets, or can, me, can LLC can sell its assets. To an LLC, and then and the trust could can lease those back to the LLC, and that would be the lease payment would be passive income for the trust as well. Uh, therefore, none of this, none of this passive income is a taxable event for the trust. So I before we go farther, it's so important that you understand what an extraordinary dividend is and why it's so powerful. So we're gonna go back, cover the ground we've already covered, just for emphasis. Remember. Title 26, Subtitle A, Chapter 1, Subchapter 1, Part 1, Subpart A of IRS Code 643 with definitions applicable to subparts A, B, C, and D outlines that extraordinary dividends are excluded as items of gross income constituting extraordinary dividends. Whereas the trustee, according to the terms and the conditions of the trust, in compliance with all applicable local laws, and the trustee acting in good faith determines that such gains are allocable to the corpus of the trust, under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable local law, shall not be considered income. Understand this, please. If, when, when the income that has come into the trust is declared an extraordinary dividend for the trust at tax time, that literally means it's not considered income. The trust, therefore, is not taxable, okay? So how does this work? It's very simple, okay? Your trust will file a 1041 tax return every single year. So all the income that has come into the trust, and we're making sure that it's all passive income, all right? Lease payments, K-1 distributions. As trustee, you have the discretion, the power, to declare all that passive income to be an extraordinary dividend for the trust. And so once the passive income is declared an extraordinary dividend, it is not considered income according to IRS code 643. So I'm sure you're asking yourself, well, how can I save money on my company's taxes if I use this strategy? Well, it's very simple. This is how you do it. You sell your LLC's assets to the trust. The trust leases them back to the LLC. And you also make the trust up to a 90% limited member or partner of the LLC. It could be 90%. It could be 80%. It could be 20%. Whatever you feel comfortable with as far as what you want to do as far as reducing the the, uh, taxable income of your LLC. right. So. I'm gonna walk you through and show you how this works here. Okay. So when the so we know the trust has leased has sold, I mean the, the LLC has leased the assets, excuse me, the LLC has sold the assets into the trust. Um, the trust is gonna lease that back, then back to the LLC. So the IRS will allow up to 70% of an LLC's pre tax net income from the previous year to be used as a lease payment. And you can you can make those lease payments monthly, quarterly twice a year that's up that's up to you and your CPA and you know looking at your cash flow that's but I'm just saying that's the ceiling so it could be up to 70% of the pretext net income in the previous year and of course also depending on what what percentage you determined that the, your uh, LLC your tech trust is going to have in the LLC it could be up to 90% then that's going to be sent to the trust as a K1 distribution so the logic of this is that we are creating two additional expenses that's going to move the majority of the pre net income of your LLC over to the trust. So the money sent to the trust as passive income will be declared an extraordinary dividend and no tax for the trust as far as it goes with the – okay, I'm going to show you here right now, right? So if we have a, a real-life example. Uh, let's say that my my real estate investing business, if I have a million dollars in pre tax net income, I've already expensed out everything I could, I've deducted everything I can. So now all that's left are two more expenses that have to be deducted from my my company's pre tax net income. The lease amount, okay? Let's say that I decided that four hundred thousand dollars was the amount of the lease of the assets from the trust into you know back over to the LLC. That that's going to reduce my net income from $1,000,000 down to $600,000. So I sent $400,000 over to the trust as a lease payment. Okay, so now the second and last expense we're doing here is remember the trust in this, in this scenario is a 90% limited member. Therefore, 90% of the remaining $600,000 is gonna go over to the trust as a K-1 distribution and that amount will be $540,000. So by adding these two additional expenses to the LLC, then the pre-tax net income is now only $60,000. That's what the the tax uh, amount for the LLC is going to be based on, not a $1 million, not $600,000, $60,000. So between the K-1 distribution and the lease agreement, or excuse me, the lease payment, $940,000 has been sent to the trust. That's passive income. The so you, the trustee, declares that an extraordinary dividend. Right, pretty cool, huh? So listen, I'm begging you, don't be like these people. You can tell right now they're, they're 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 having analysis paralysis by analysis. They're overthinking. Let's keep it simple, okay? It's really that simple. All we've done here in review is we've added two more expenses to your LLC's net income: a lease payment and a K one distribution. That's it. That's it. And after we deduct those two additional expenses, whatever left over is going to be your LLC's taxable income. And you've seen from this example, it's going to be remarkably less than what it would have been without this strategy. Okay. so um, and remember, the trust, meanwhile, gets $940,000 as passive income. The trustee declares an extraordinary dividend. And according to IRS code 643, none of that money that came to the trust is now a taxable event for the trust now just a couple of notes here this strategy does not work with an s corp or a C corp it has to be an llc to get the k1 distribution s corp and c corp they have shares okay an llc is a partnership or membership basis so it works with an llc will not work with an s corp or a C corp if you have one of those companies the types of companies and you want this to work you would have to sell all the assets of your S Corp or C Corp into the trust, and then you would have to form a new LLC, make the trust a 90% member of the LLC, and then the trust would lease back those uh, assets into the into the LLC. And that's how that's how that works. Okay. Now I know you probably have more questions. If this is the first time you've seen this, I'm sure it went over your head a little bit. Watched a couple of times, read my ebook and then reach out to me for a free strategy session and I will go over everything in greater detail and I promise you that before you make a decision you're going to understand the strategy and see why it's so amazing and most importantly you're going to see that it's completely legal and listen thank you thank you for being here you are on your way to legally reducing your taxes at a scale you never dreamed was possible I'm glad and grateful that I'm the one that can introduce this to you and show you and educate you because that really is what I live for, is helping people you know, reduce your taxes legally as I've done. And don't forget, you can still get amazing asset protection with this. We didn't, we didn't cover that. We were just talking about the tax strategies. So I look forward to talking to you one-on-one in your Zoom or a phone call.